Psalm 100, a psalm of thanksgiving. Listen for the word of the Lord. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, historians tell us that the first Europeans celebrated Thanksgiving at a place they had named Plymouth back in 1621. That was later to become the state called Massachusetts. 1621, they say, first Thanksgiving, but wait a minute, historians in Virginia say not so fast. Two years before that, in 1619, explorers from Britain had come, an expedition from the Berkeley Company, they say. We have written records of this. They landed at the James River in Virginia. They had a proclamation of Thanksgiving and celebrated and gave thanks to God that they had landed safely on these shores. Other historians say, well, if you're going to look back, then go all the way back to 1565 when a Spanish explorer landed on the coast of what is now Florida. And they gave thanks and have a Thanksgiving proclamation. All of that, of course, ignores the indigenous people who were already here and had their own festivals that we don't think about very often when we're thinking about Thanksgiving. But despite all of that, none of those led to an annual celebration of a national holiday that we now know as Thanksgiving. That did not happen until President Lincoln declared in 1863 that the last Thursday of November would be an annual celebration and time for Americans to give thanks. Lincoln proclaimed that in the hope that it could help heal the wounds of the nation that was being torn asunder by the Civil War. Well, we still have our divisions. We're still wounding one another. We're still dealing with how we stay connected as a nation. I thought perhaps this year it would be important for us to think deeply about how we will celebrate Thanksgiving and how we might be agents of healing this year just as President Abraham Lincoln had hoped 150 years ago when he proclaimed that we should have this annual celebration and time of giving thanks amongst each other, amongst this nation, as a people looking to God and thanking God for all that is good and all that we have. Dr. Biggs used to remind us often in his preaching that we all have something to grieve and we all have something to celebrate as we walk around this earth. This psalmist says, let's focus on what we have to celebrate. Make a joyful noise to the Lord and come into God's presence with song. Listen again how the psalmist starts off this 100th psalm. It's a good place for us to start as well. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. 
The psalmist is saying we have a choice. We can step forward despite what we might be carrying in terms of burdens or griefs and give thanks to the Lord and come in praises to God. But if we all have griefs to bear, why would we make a joyful noise? Why would we praise God? Why would we look to a time of thanksgiving, especially this year when we're living through this pandemic with this virus spreading ever more across our country? Well, the psalmist gives us the answer in verse 3. Know that the Lord is God. It is God that made us, and we are God's. We are God's people and the sheep of God's pasture. That is why we can celebrate. That's why, as Christians, we can give thanks, because we are God's people, God's own people, sheep of his pasture. We are proclaiming that God creates us, God sustains us as Christians. We proclaim that God redeems us through Jesus Christ. It should be part of our core identity as Christians that we are children of God, that we are God's own people. And even though we did not make ourselves, we still have choices to make in terms of how we will live our lives and what we will seize upon and hang on to as our own core values. A few years ago, some of the staff and our lay church leaders met in a series of meetings to put in writing what our core values are. I put a couple of them in your outline today. We began like this, saying that Boston Avenue Church affirms everyone is a beloved child of God. That's one of our core beliefs, one of our core values. It's affirmed in this psalm. We claim that through the Gospels, that God loves us. And that's why God's created us and redeems us and sustains us. But we went on to say there's a second core value and we said that we see spiritual growth as a lifelong journey. That is, we know we're all going to have failures and successes. We know we'll have ups and downs. We know there'll be times of overwhelming grief and times of jubilant celebration. And we see it all as a part of a journey with God. We see it all as an opportunity to grow in Christ, to grow in our faith, or to grow in grace, as Methodists often put it. The old hymn from the 1800s reminds us what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. So whether you like this image of being one of God's people or a sheep in God's pasture or a friend of God through Jesus Christ, all of them are getting at a similar sentiment. All of them are reminding us, are saying to us, it's important to remember who you are and who God is and allow that to lead you. Allow that relationship with God to guide you to refresh you, to empower you, to live out of these core values of belovedness, of relationship, of being on a journey as humans, but with the spiritual dimension, with this relationship with God in Christ. By the time we get to verse 4, 
in this psalm. It's really like a refrain. It kind of echoes verses 1 and 2. The psalmist writes, Enter God's gates with thanksgiving and God's courts with praise. Give thanks to God. Bless God's name. And then in verse 5, that last verse returns again sort of as a refrain of what he said earlier. But this time coming back to the why. Why do we give thanks? The psalmist is so clear. For the Lord is good. God's steadfast love endures forever. And God's faithfulness to all generations. Goodness steadfastness faithfulness to all and for all certainly that is good news that we need to hear in the midst of a pandemic god's steadfast love endures everything endures forever what if we would live out of that affirmation what if we would grasp what the psalmist is saying and trust in god to lead us through to share this steadfast love that we receive from god with others to make choices for our life out of that love out of that idea of being charitable of willing the good of being kind with each and every person we meet during these days of political divisiveness i've had lots of conversations with people they are in all kinds of different places on the political spectrum. But interestingly enough, even though they disagree on the issues, they do disagree that we're divided and how difficult that has made it. They say things to me like, you know, I used to be friends with so-and-so, but because they voted for fill-in-the-blank, I'm not sure I can be friends with them anymore. What a disastrous and difficult experience to allow this political divisiveness to begin to separate us as friends as family as a nation i hear it in so many different ways someone said to me the other day when we were talking about all of this i said well you know as a pastor i'm reminding people of who we are as christians and that we need to be kind to one another and the response was i'm gonna need some help with that right we all are sensing it we need some help we need help from one another and we need help from god to get through this kind of turbulence in our lives verse 5 in the psalm says oh there's help there's help from god for the lord is good his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations that means even now even in our lifetimes even in this experience we're having where there so many different issues layered on top one on top of another so much stress and anxiety through which people are struggling to get through we can count on god the psalmist reminds us but of course that's one of the reasons it's important to be a part of worship because we need reminders we need to remember the wisdom of Scripture, the insights from God that are revealed in the Bible, but also to have an opportunity to affirm them or to reclaim those. Sunday worship is a reminder of who we are and whose we are. We need continuous reminders of who God is 
and who we are at our best. Let me just say, we're not at our best, I don't think, when we're attacking others. We're not at our best when we demean or demonize somebody else. We're not at our best when we begin to do character assassination or call people derogatory names. We're not at our best when we lie and cheat and spread falsehoods. That's not who we should be as the people of God. I read an article just recently I found very interesting. It was called Knowledge Neglect. Knowledge Neglect. It was by Dr. Lisa Fazio. I've put this in your outline. She's studying, doing research on how misinformation is used in our culture. She asked people, do you think you have seen misinformation in a newscast or in a newspaper or on social media? She said almost everybody said yes. She said, well, how do you know it was misinformation? And most people said, oh, I can spot it. I can tell the difference between what is true and what is false, what really happened and what is just made up. So she asked them a series of questions, gave them a series of opportunities to demonstrate that they could spot the differences. Many of them could not. It gives us an opportunity to pause and think a moment about what's going on in our culture. She said the first challenge she recognized as she was doing this research is that people often do not even notice the misinformation that they're consuming. She gave a series of questions to people like this. She said, how many animals does Moses take on the ark? And people give the answer, right? You're smarter than the average citizen, right? It wasn't Moses, it was Noah. They ask, what museum is that famous painting of Mona Lisa by Michelangelo housed in and people would give an answer and of course it wasn't Michelangelo it was Leonardo or they ask how about that famous Shakespearean line and Macbeth to be or not to be what comes after that and people would give the answer of course it wasn't Macbeth that was in Hamlet but huge percentages of people didn't notice the misinformation. They just answered the question. And of course, she's done lots of other kinds of questionnaires on a number of topics to demonstrate that people often assume, go with the mindset when they begin to consume information, that it's true, especially if it's in print, this is true. And she said more and more, of course, these days, you have to challenge that assumption. She said the second challenge is how we process repetition. She said there are over a hundred studies in the last 40 years that have all come to the same conclusion in terms of how we process repetition. This is the conclusion. Repetition increases our belief that something is true. That is, the more often we hear it or see it, the more likely we're to believe it's true, whether it's based in any kind of real experience or factual experience. Just the fact that we have heard it over and over, right? Advertisers know this. There's a reason you see the same commercial telling you that this product is just the one you need. 
They know how the human brain works, that we'll begin to believe it's true. Why do the same ads pop up on your social media or on your news feed? Because advertisers understand it, but it's true in any field, whether it's religion or politics or science. If something's repeated often enough, there's a certain fairly large percentage of people who will begin to believe that it is indeed true. Dr. Fazio says there's an antidote to this that they have found, a way they can help people figure out, discern what's true and what's not, and do better to use the information they have. She says the interesting thing, those questions I was asking you, the people knew the answers because they gave them a survey before they ever asked them these misinformation questions to make sure that they had the basic knowledge. They knew it was Hamlet. They knew it was Noah. But then they missed it. When it came time to utilize the information, they weren't able to draw upon it. That's what she calls knowledge neglect. And so the antidote, she says, the thing that helped people be more discerning was when she asked them to think about that again, or in other words, to slow down. She says that's one of the keys they've found, that people are moving at such a fast pace these days that they miss things they otherwise would catch. So the Sabbath is one of those ways we can slow down, a daily practice of prayer and meditation, maybe just taking a few deep breaths before we spew some venom verbally or on social media. All of that would help. We call those spiritual practices daily prayer, coming to worship listening for God, and those spiritual practices can help us be our better selves, can help God transform us into whom God wants us to be. Holy days and holidays can be markers to help us do better. Thanksgiving can be one of those times, especially this year perhaps, where we can slow down, take a deep breath, Recognize what we're thankful for, but also think about who we want to be as people of faith. What Christian values do we connect with most deeply? And perhaps celebrating this Sunday as Christ the King Sunday reminds us to put Christ at the center of who we are and let our lives be marked like His by care and concern for others, by striving for peace and justice and goodwill, for doing the good for loving our neighbors. And perhaps then we can become agents of healing and hope in this time for our nation and for the world. Let Christ be king in your life. Amen.